Good morning. Rise in freedom. I'm Austin Peterson. You're watching and listening to the Wake Up America show at wakeupamericashow.com. How's everybody feeling today? Good or some of you not so good? Did you get any rest last night? Ah, oh, no, not much. Oh, you were up late. I saw that Donald Trump, fresh on the heels of his Iowa Republican caucus victory, was up at 3.30 in the morning. He's up there working hard so that he can make America great again. Am I right? Blowout victory in the Iowa caucuses with over 51% of the vote. And unfortunately, Vivek Ramaswamy, yes. No, God, please, no. Vivek Ramaswamy has dropped out, yes. But don't panic because I have a feeling that we will be seeing and hearing a lot more from the young Vivek when Donald Trump came out and praised his campaign last night. Give it up for Vivek Ramaswamy. The most libertarian of all of the Republican presidential candidates gets 8% in a statewide primary. That's not easy to do. Um, as someone who got 8 wide per- 8% in a statewide primary, I can tell you <laughs> it's very difficult to do. Good job to Vivek Ramaswamy. I'll play his uh, concession speech here in just a few minutes. We've got a lot to talk about and a lot to analyze. This morning, the call to action is this. I'm calling all libertarians who want to fight to join me this year in total war against the left. We should take a page out of Javier Malay's playbook, unite a libertarian conservative populist movement, and defeat shit leftists this fall. Who's with me? Yeah. Sorry for the language. I know some of you are already like, no, you don't want any part of that. That's fine. Lead, follow, or get out of the way. I can't force you, but we're going to talk about that this morning and what we're going to do. There are still other candidates in the race. It's not over. I'm reading this morning. The uh, narrative out of the DeSantis camp is that the Ron DeSantis has punched his ticket out of Iowa and is headed towards Well, New Hampshire, but he's not polling so well in New Hampshire. He did get second place in Iowa, eked it by, just by a nose. We're going to speak to DeSantis backer uh, John Cardillo this morning at 7.30 a.m. Central Time. Should be interesting to hear what he has to say, what the game plan is uh, at this point. If he thinks there really is a path to victory, uh, I'll be curious to hear from uh, John Cardillo this morning at 7.30 a.m. Central Time. He'll be joining us live on the show. At 8 a.m. Central Time, we'll hear Camelia Peterson's take on it. Yes, special tactics. A Missouri mover and shaker. We'll hear from Camelia Peterson at 8 a.m. on the Iowa caucus. And then I want to talk to her about a couple of other things as well, including all the diversity, equity, inclusion standards for our airlines these days. Yes, I want to hear what your thoughts are on it. Liberty Shindig, good morning. Good morning. I did win a bet. Was it, it was with you, right, Liberty Shindig? Sometimes I get Twitter handles uh, confused, but somebody bet me that Ron DeSantis would win the Iowa caucus last night. And if he did win, that I would have to send him four boxes of my delicious Founding Flavors coffee for free. And if Ron DeSantis didn't win, that he would have to buy them. Well, he came through on his, per- on his promise and bought four boxes of Founding Flavors coffee from AP for Liberty Shops. So thank you for that, for keeping up your end of the bargain. And I know you'll, del- you'll enjoy your delicious coffee. We've got a lot to talk about this morning, which is why we're going to have a new friend of the show this morning. Some of you might know her uh, from Twitter as Midwest Mom or Bad Lib Takes. She's going to be joining us this morning. She was a big 
Vivek Ramaswamy supporter. We're going to talk a little bit about where she thinks that the future of the party should go. She did a really interesting viral video the other day about like people demanding support for one candidate or another. Uh, and her name is uh, her name is Ashley Crawford. She's going to be joining us this morning at 8.30 a.m. Central Time to talk about whether or not this really is game over for Vivek Ramaswamy or if it's just the beginning. So I'd love to hear your thoughts. The text line is up on the screen. You should be able to see it in the bottom right-hand corner. You can text the show at 573-319-1586. Again, that's 573-319-1586. One listener texted in last night and says, Waldo, he just signed up as a monthly supporter. Thank you, Waldo. You're getting a 20% discount at ap4libertyshop.com if you use your secret code. And you have to know what the secret code is. You have to become a monthly subscriber. There we go. Appreciate you very much. Throw it up for our boy Waldo becoming, becoming a monthly supporter. Eric Camellia says, no one loses in a coffee deal. Exactly. We all love it. Uh, Erd's mommy says this coffee is the best I've ever had. That's what I'm telling you guys. It's no joke. Uh, Founding Flavors coffee is the best coffee. I drink it every single day. It's absolutely delicious. I wouldn't recommend it. I wouldn't drink it and, and then recommend it if it was bad, because if it's bad coffee, everybody's going to know and everyone's going to say, I'm not going to drink that. I'm not going to buy that. We have people who have this stuff delivered every two weeks to their house. Every two weeks. They're crazy. Well, they're not crazy. They're smart. So you can do that as well. Uh, another listener texted in this morning and said they uh, got a lifetime membership to Pocket Casts. Uh, there should be an RSS button on that link to add your own podcast app. Okay, somebody wants me to add a podcast, the podcast to the app. Uh, another listener texted in says that um, Vivek dropped out. Yes, I did see that. Uh, he says it's too bad. He's, he's sat down the right things. He said the right things, I'm guessing they're saying. He's just coming out of nowhere. In this day and age, you can't trust that any longer. You know what? I completely get it. I understand why people were leery of Vivek Ramaswamy. However, he was spreading the message of liberty, and that's what I want to hear, and that's what I want to see. And it doesn't necessarily matter if he won or if he lost at the end of the day, because his chances were always small. And he was saying the things that the American people need to hear. He was saying important truths, and he fought the left the way Javier Malay did. Give it up. For Vivek Ramaswamy one more time. Speaking of Javier Malay, everybody's sending me this clip this morning because people get freaked out, out the, for the fact that uh, Javier Malay once advised the World Economic Forum on something, you know, the Klaus Schwab weirdos. He is going to be giving a speech at Davos to the World Economic Forum, and people are like, oh my God, he's a traitor, he's a sellout, he's a statist. But I'm going to translate for you, be for those who are listening who won't be able to see the... Um, the uh, transcript of uh, what Javier Malay is actually saying. He will be speaking in Espanol, and I will translate it for you. He says, well, he, somebody says, what is the purpose of the trip to Davos? He says, plant the ideas of freedom in a forum that is contaminated uh, with the 2030 socialist agenda, and the only thing it will bring is misery to the world. What will Wednesday's exhibition be based on, his exhibition? What is the objective, he says, that freedom is the key to prosperity? What is the meaning of the meeting with Kristalina Georgiova that you have on the same Wednesday? Keep talking and making it very clear the conviction that we have in this change of course that the new government has marked. Thank you very much, he says. Give it up, Javier Malay. See, he takes libertarian ideas and he actually talks to people 
who disagree with them. This is why the libertarian movement needs to adapt and needs to change. A lot of people are giving me crap this morning for saying that it's time for us to unite a libertarian, conservative, populist, right-wing movement to unite it and to fight against the left. It's time for us to take a page out of Javier Malay's playbook uh, and to fight the left. I'm calling for a one year to of total war against the left. Who's with me? If you are, click that like button. Show me that you've got my back in this fight for liberty because we are going to have to make compromises. We are going to have to be adults and we're going to have to do things that we may not necessarily like, but we're gonna have to do it for our posterity. I'm sure that the founding fathers had to do a lot of things that they didn't like and had to make a lot of compromises that they didn't care for in order to, to advance liberty in this country and to secure the blessings of liberty to their posterity. And we're going to have to make some of those same sacrifices. This is Donald Trump's victory speech from last evening. Well, I want to thank everybody. This has been some period of time. And most importantly, we want to thank the great people of Iowa. Thank you. We love you all. What a turnout. What a crowd. And I really think this is time now for everybody, our country, to come together. We want to come together, uh, whether it's Republican or Democrat or liberal or conservative. It would be so nice if we could come together and straighten out the world and straighten out the problems and straighten out- He said liberal or conservative there. Out ...all of the death and destruction that we're witnessing that's practically never been like this. It's uh, just so important. And I want to make that a very big part of our message. We're going to come together. It's going to happen soon, too. It's going to happen soon. There we go. That's Donald Trump in his speech last night. Vivek was very gracious in defeat. Now, this is a campaign founded on speaking the truth not just when it's easy but when it's hard not just to the democrats but to our own side and not just to other campaigns and candidacies but to ours and so i will stick to the truth tonight the first hard truth and this one's hard for me i gotta admit this but we've looked at it every which way and i think it is true that we did not achieve the surprise that we wanted to deliver tonight. And I think that that's just a hard fact that we're going to have to accept as a campaign. And the question then is, what do we do that is right for our country? And so, Porv and I, we, we actually didn't make this contingency plan before everybody told us to. We said, no, we're not doing that. But we talked about it tonight. We took a little bit of time in our apartment in Des Moines before coming here to make some, our choices. And I wanted to make a couple of announcements tonight to get the business out of the way. And then I want to tell you where we're going. As of this moment, we are going to suspend this presidential campaign. And this is going to have to be, there is no path for me to be the next president absent things that we don't want to see happen in this country. And I think that I am very worried for our country. I think we are skating on thin ice as a nation. Give it up for Vivek Ramaswamy. Very inspiring campaign. And apparently I'm not the only one who thought so. Take a listen to our next president of the United States. 
I also want to congratulate Vivek because he did a hell of a job. He came from uh, zero and he's uh, got a big percent, probably 8%, almost 8%. And that's a, an amazing job. They all did. They're all very smart, very smart people, very capable people. There you go. Donald Trump pays it, praising Vivek Ramaswamy. Just a few days after he was criticizing him, saying he's not MAGA. Now, this is a reminder for you out there, for all you libertarians out there, to stop taking things in politics so personally. If you're running for office, you're going to get attacked. If you win the campaign, then the people who attacked you on your party line are going to get behind you and support you. That's how this process works. Stop taking everything so personally. And it's time for us to be adults and figure out how the game is played. Libertarians, I'm speaking to you now. Don't change your principles. Change your tactics. Are you hearing me right now? Keep your principles. Change your tactics. A tactic is not the same thing as a principle. A tactic is how you put your principles into place. Now, your principles, if you lose, your principles will be buried alongside you in a shallow grave. If you win, you can put your principles into action. Vivek Ramaswamy endorsed Donald Trump last night after he bowed out of the race. Trump feeling very sprightly last night, seemed to be have a lot of energy, was very in a very good mood. We called it at about 10 o'clock. My impression, see this gentleman? We built, he's dressed like a wall. I love this guy. He goes to, he's been at... 150 rallies, probably, right? He has the most beautiful outfit I've ever seen. It's all beautiful brick. <laughs> Will you come up here? Just come up here. Come on. It's so nice to see. Come on up here. He's emblematic of what we did. We built over 500 miles of wall. We were going to add another 200 miles. It's much more than we promised. And we had the safest border in the history of our country. Now we have the worst border in the history of the world. Look at this man. Congratulations. Really nice. Nice to see you, man. You take care of yourself. Okay. Thank you. I love that outfit. I love it. He's in a good mood. So I don't want to be overly... Uh, rough on the president. But I have to say that he is the worst president that we've had in the history of our country. He's destroying our country. (laughs) Donald Trump seemed to be feeling very sprightly last night. How did the left react to Donald Trump's victory? You guys ready? Here we go. The big picture takeaway from that, and I don't mean to be, again, too dark, as you said, on this, but it is not If we are worried about the rise of authoritarianism in this country, we are worried about potential rise of fascism in this country. We're worried about our democracy falling to an authoritarian. Worried. We're there. It's just that you're the authoritarians and fascists. And potentially fascist form of government. The leader who is trying to do that is part of that equation. Mm -hmm. But people wanting that is a much Mm -hmm. bigger part Mm -hmm. of that equation. And the American electorate is made up of two major parties. One of those parties has been flirting with extremism on the ultra right for a very people long like us. time we're They've the extremists by the way way. When, when they talk about extremists they're talking about people like us they're talking about the the javier malay remember what they were calling javier malay an extremist anarchist who was taking over argentina they're talking about the libertarians in the republican party they're talking about vivek ramaswamy when they're talking about extremists in the gop those are the people that they're talking about 
that they're worried about taking over the GOP. People like you and me. Yeah, people like us. That's who they're afraid of. Eric Amelia says, God help us when we're having to describe our presidential candidates as sprightly. <laughs> oh, God, Camelia. Are you in a sour mood today, Camelia? We're going to have to cheer your ass up when you get on here. You need to drink some Founding Flavors coffee. It'll make you feel better. But they haven't been central to Republican electoral politics ever before, and I know because I've been studying this. But once you have radicalized one major party so that those are the preferences of the people who adhere to your party, the leader's interchangeable. And yes, Trumpism is sometimes what we call it. See, remember when uh, they said, um, remember when, what's his name, uh, Van Jones on CNN was saying how he was shaking in his boots when he was listening to Vivek Ramaswamy, right? That's the thing, that this is what they're talking about here. They're, they're afraid of the future of the GOP when Donald Trump is gone, that people like Vivek Ramaswamy will take up the panel. See, that, that's the thing. And somebody tweeted this this morning at me when they were talking about, um, and this is actually, I think, someone from Australia. They were talking about the um, the Australian, like the, the populist movement or like what uh, Vivek Ramaswamy uh, really showed to him. Oh, yes. Here's Rob Cribb said this when because uh, when I was talking about Vivek Ramaswamy getting people, you know, inspired and, and activated to fight for liberty, Rob Cribb, who is a parliamentary staffer in, um, in Ar not in Argentina, but in Australia, he calls himself a Malayist. He's a right liber liber libertarian. He's Cribbertarian, C-R-I-B-B-E-R-T-A. Or you know what? I'll just pull it up for you guys so you can follow him if you want on Twitter. And you can see the tweet that I'm talking about here. So here's my tweet. And then Cribbertarian, you can see, is his handle, Rob Cribb, two Bs. He says, because when I said that Vivek inspired young people, this isn't the end for him. Can't wait to see what he does in the future. Rob Cribb says this, excellent analysis. He also gave me some hope that the America First movement can be steered into something more productive for liberty than a Trump personality cult after Trump eventually steps away. To some degree, Vivek executed the right libertarian populism strategy selling liberty to paleocons that Rothbard advocated for in 1992. Very true. An excellent tweet from Rob Cribb. Again, the people that, that, uh, that the left are terrified of coming to power after Trump are people like Vivek Ramaswamy which would be incredible. This would be a great thing for us. One major party so that those are the preferences of the people who adhere to your party. The leader's interchangeable. Mm -hmm. And yes, Trumpism is sometimes what we call it. Mm -hmm. MAGA movement is probably a better way to do it. But there is an authoritarian mm -hmm. movement inside yes. Republican politics that isn't being bamboozled by Trump. Mm -hmm. They are pushing Trump That's to yeah. get more and more right. extreme because the more extreme things he says, the more they, the like more they adhere and to him. That, yeah. and, and that is coming from a very large proportion of the American right that adheres to the Republican Party. And that's why this is a Republican Party problem more than it is the problem mm -hmm. of one man and his leadership. And we, and tie we together the, the mm, mm, mm. Interesting, right? The, the left doesn't understand what is happening on the right. And it's, it's important for us as libertarians to be involved in the Republican Party so that we can steer that MAGA movement, so that we can steer this populist movement more towards the ideals of what it is that we stand for, so that we can have more Vivek Ramaswamis, so that we can eventually have a Javier Malay at the top of the ticket. Uh, it's going to be incumbent upon us 
to take the reins, to get involved, and to fight against the shit left. Can I get an amen? You know, I've been speaking to my Argentinian libertarian friends and supporters of Javier Malay, and they have all said the same thing to me. Javier Malay wants Donald Trump to win. Now, if supporting Donald Trump helps Argentina's experiment with anarcho-capitalism, then I say we make America great again. We should see the bigger picture and play the long game. There you go. Um, many people aren't going to agree with that. Some people aren't going to follow along. That's fine. You're, it's a free country. Do what you please. Uh, some people might say that they're going to, that we should support the Libertarian Party candidate, whoever it is. And I've certainly done that in the past. I'm going to support the candidate that the likely Libertarian Party candidate donated to, which will be Donald Trump. <laughs> Keep your principles, change your tactics, and learn to differentiate between the two. There are no solutions, only trade-offs. You're recommending that we vote for the lesser of two evils, Austin. I'm done with evil. Vote in those who will reduce the size of government. There are no solutions, only trade-offs. Thank you for Thomas Sowell on that. It's been more, clear, more than clear, people say, in the past few years that Austin would rather win than be principled. Very disappointing. He was one of the first people to get me to understand libertarianism. Your principles will be buried with you in an unmarked grave. Win, and your principles will win. Change your tactics, not your principles. I'm not asking you to abandon libertarianism. I'm not asking you to adopt the idea of tariffs. I'm not asking you to adopt the idea of Operation Warp Speed or to make excuses for the things that you disagree with Donald Trump on. I'm not asking you to do any of that. I'm asking you to change your tactics so that your principles can win. You are in, when, when a battle is being fought, a battle is always part of a larger war. And a larger war has to be won. Some battles can be won. Some battles you have to lose slowly so that you can reconvene to fight a battle another day. We may not win as libertarians this battle right now, but we want to live to fight another day. Don't do what Adolf Hitler did in World War II and try and win every battle and say, no retreat, no surrender, you can't, you can't pull your troops out, we have to stay on the front and, and fight to the last man and then die and lose every single man that you, that you have in the field so that you can't fight another day. That was his huge mistake at Stalingrad, right? Deciding to fight for what? For what? Some pointless victory. What are you fighting for? What, to, to be for the right to sell heroin to children, to five-year-olds? Right? What, are you, what hills are you willing to die on? Ask yourself that. It's time for us to make a consideration. Let's hear from the DeSantis people. They say that he punched his ticket last night to New Hampshire, but New Hampshire's not looking so good for DeSantis. John Cardillo is coming up next. It's time to visit our sponsor, QuickRxStore.com. Save 10% on your prescriptions. Hivermectin, hydroxychloroquine. Use code SAVE10 at quickrxstore.com. That's quickrxstore.com. Visit them right now. Support our sponsors. Support the show. The Wake Up America Show at wakeupamericashow.com. 
Good morning. Thanks for waiting. I'm Austin Peterson. You're watching and listening to the Wake Up America show at wakeupamericashow.com. We appreciate you guys tuning in. Do me a favor. Click that like button and subscribe to the channel. It's nice to have a nice big audience here today for my next guest. will be joining me in just a moment. John Cardillo, former NYPD and host of many radio shows himself, will be joining us here in just about one minute. Many DeSantis supporters, though, were complaining last night that the race had been called before many of them even had a chance to vote. Take a listen to this. I uh, hope you enjoy. I, I, think the, I think it was results from some sort of survey or something, not not even true votes. Well, no, no, no. This was, this was projected based on data and science. And, data and science and not actual election results. And we'll have some Both of our experts explain, explain how that was decided and why it was called in the way it was later in the show. But appreciate uh, your insights and, and uh, you being with us here tonight on this busy and uh, important night for everybody. Thank you so much, James. Appreciate it. There we go. It was based on data and science, not actual election results. That's pretty weird. Um, joining us now to discuss the uh, events in the Iowa caucus last is John Cardillo, who's joining us live. Good morning, John. How are you feeling today? Hey, Austin. Feeling great. How are you doing? Doing good. So um, what were your thoughts? I mean, I saw Steve Dace was kind of complaining about this, that as soon as less than 1% of the election results came in last night, they called it for Trump. How did you feel about that? Yeah, yeah. Associated Press, I think, was the first, NBC, and then Fox. Look, I, I thought it was pretty egregious. Now, would it have changed the outcome? Probably not, right? I mean, so when I say, if I say it or, or Steve D says it, and we were pretty uh, vocal to Santa supporters, that's one thing. But Sean Spicer came right out and said, this is highly irresponsible, calling a race 30 minutes after people start voting. And then I saw that one of Deese's producers had uh, sent out a post on X, formerly Twitter, for those that don't know, that essentially said, hey, I haven't even voted yet. I'm still in my, my caucus location. I haven't even cast my vote. So I do think that the media uh, tried to put their finger on the scale of this one. Now, would it have affected the outcome? Probably not. I, I don't think uh, it would have overcome a 30-point 30 30 point lead uh, with which Trump ultimately won. But it certainly was irresponsible. And I don't think egregious is too strong a word. Look, Trump's valuable to the media. They certainly want him but they could have waited another 35, 40 minutes. John, what were your reactions to the outcome last night? You know, predictable. Look, I think that uh, DeSantis camp really needs to have uh, do a, do a thorough internal postmortem and figure out why Nikki Haley was, was only two points behind. I mean, it was, I'm, I'm going to say this and my friends in DeSantis world will probably get mad at me, but I, I like to be an honest broker. It's a pretty abysmal showing for Ron considering he had the endorsement of Kim Reynolds, of Vander Plaats, Steve Deese, and he did the full Grassley. He personally visited all 99 counties in Iowa uh, many multiple times. And for him to only have finished two points above Nikki Haley, I think there's going to be a lot of soul searching in the campaign uh, in the DeSantis camp today. What do you think that soul searching needs to be like, John? Because, you know, as an outside observer, I, you know, my candidate already dropped out. I liked Vivek Ramaswamy. I knew he wasn't going to yeah. win. I, I saw him in fourth place. I had no illusions that Vivek was going to walk out of there last night with double digits, you know, but I'm a grizzled old political veteran at this point. So I know where things stand and I like to support candidates based on ideas, but it seems like DeSantis's people are kind of like, they're making the same mistake that libertarians make in some ways that they've kind of it feels like they've pulled the wool over their eyes. Am I wrong? 
Yeah, well, I, I think it was a few things. I mean, look, it's a pragmatic group of people, many of them my friends. And uh, but I do think a mistake was made by bringing in some Ted Cruz advisors early on. I also think they went too heavy into Iowa and it, and it may have hurt them in Iowa because their message was so Iowa centric. Some of it was a bit myopic. But uh, there was the other issue was there weren't many people who had, if any, who had ever run a general a presidential election. They had a primary, a presidential election on the Sanis' team. They kept it very insular and uh, in, in many instances were reluctant to hear uh, from help, to hear from outside help. I know it was a point of frustration for me. I tried to introduce people several times and the follow-up was lacking. That same frustration was echoed by many I know. I, I still think DeSantis is the most conservative politician in America. He would have been an outstanding president, but you've got a campaign, you've got to win. And there was there was reluctance on the part of Tassim, uh, Team DeSantis, rather, to, to accept advice, accept help. Uh, that, you know, we would go up there, they would talk to us, but it wasn't deployed as much as many of us, of us thought it should have been. And certain people, they should have embraced, they didn't. Tell me if you think I'm wrong in this. If DeSantis were to drop out, uh, I would think his supporters would go to Trump more than Nikki Haley. Do you think that that is correct? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I mean, most DeSantis supporters, myself included, see Haley as everything wrong with Washington, D.C. I mean, she is the epitome of a rhino. She is the epitome of a globalist establishment neocon crony politician. Nikki Haley is everything. Pe- Everything people complain about in our political process, Nikki Haley personifies. So it's shocking to me that she received 19 percent of the vote last night. But I think this is also proof that baby boomers control far too much of our electorate. I don't think this had to do with J6, had a little bit to do with 2020, uh, whether some people think the election was stolen or not. But I think a big part of this is age range. Boomers look at Trump and say, if he can do it at his age, I can do it at my age. I'm voting for him. No, he's not too old. I think Boomer, because if you look at the numbers, DeSantis crushed it among those 17 to 29. He was way in the lead. Trump was way down there. The Boomers uh, you know, carry a lot of weight here, and, and they're making some moves that are not going to be good for future generations. Yeah, let's, let's avoid the Social Security and entitlements questions for a little bit later, John. If, yeah. if DeSantis ultimately does not win, would it be better for him to just go ahead and fold now so that we can stop Nikki Haley and then unite the right so that we can fight against Joe Biden, which is ultimately what we have to do? Well, yeah, I think he should fold early uh, in light of last night's results for the simple reason he's still got two years to be the best governor in America here in Florida. He can still uh, uh, take action every day to crush the left. And in many ways, one of my criticisms of Trump, Austin, has been that he's sliding left. The most powerful thing DeSantis can do, in my opinion, is come to Florida, crush the left every day and show Trump how it's done. Give him the confidence to do the things he could not do and would not do in a 16 term. For me, look, I win, right? <laughs> if my guy would have won, I win. I get to live in Florida with DeSantis, the freest state in America. So for me, it's a win-win. But I, I believe when the writing's on the wall, uh, candidates should fold early and not spend any more donor money. I think it's in everybody's best interest. And yes, to your point, the, the second, uh, if not the parallel issue as to why you should fold early is let's crush Haley. That woman 
is a stain on the Republican Party. We need to make Republicans like her go extinct sooner than later. No, for sure. I mean, if you're concerned about the party drifting to the left, Nikki Haley wants to take his left and go to war with Ukraine. It's like Hillary yeah, Clinton yeah. all over again. It's it's a big danger. And it's something that we have to to overcome in the short term as we head our uh, uh, into New Hampshire. For those who might just be tuning into the Wake Up America show right now. Good morning. I'm your host, Austin Peterson. I'm speaking to John Cardillo, former NYPD and big DeSantis backer about the Iowa uh, caucus results last night. Do us a favor and click like and subscribe to the channel that you're watching right now so you can come back and join us five days a week here on the show. So where do you think DeSantis goes now? Do you think that his his people are still pulling the wool over their eyes on this one? Do you think they still have a chance? Because New Hampshire looks worse than Iowa at this point. What, what would you tell them to do if if you were working on the campaign? I mean, what would you whisper into Ron DeSantis's ear this morning? I think you got to fold it up. I mean, uh, you don't you look his brand is still very solid, especially here in Florida. People don't remember primaries. Right. If I asked you off the top of your head, you know, who came in second in the in the Michigan primary in, in 2012, you wouldn't remember that. Nobody would. Remember. I don't even know. Right. So and I, I study this stuff all day like you do. We're wonky. I don't think we know that off the top of our head. Nobody remembers primary. So yes. the Santa's can get back to business in Florida, do what he was doing, keep crushing the left. I mean, look, he broke the backbone of the third largest teachers union, Miami-Dade, and the United States a couple of weeks ago. Just keep doing stuff like that. His brand will be solid. And the guy is 44, 45 years old. He can write his own ticket. And uh, it was, it was Rick so Santorum. Rick Santorum. That's why I forgot <laughs> <laughs> one day I'm going to one day I'm going to tell you one day I'm going to tell you a story about how at CPAC because I was walking into a bar after the event Rick Santorum and Scott Walker fell on me on an icy sidewalk but <laughs> that's for another day that's a good story that is a good story do you remember the old website Google, do you remember the old thing people would share around the meme Google Santorum yes yes okay okay so just real quickly when I worked at Fox for the judges show we had Rick Santorum on one day and I in the chirons on the screen I just put Google Santorum there. <laughs> it was, yeah, I'm surprised I didn't get fired earlier. Uh, but uh, <laughs> lots of hijinks there. Uh, John, you seem to be a pretty good sport about this one. Uh, I'm sure some DeSantis supporters will not be. But um, I mean, what would you say to your fellow DeSantis supporters today who might be like, you know, hey, we need to go out there. We need to keep fighting. And, you know, Austin Peterson is the enemy and the people who are for Trump are the enemy and all this kind of stuff. I mean, what would you say to them if, you know, if any of those people out there are listening? What will you say to them? Because I'm sure there are going to be a lot of conversations today. What's your message to your fellow DeSantis supporters? Well, I've been putting it up on X slash Twitter all morning. I mean, look, Trump's inevitable at this point. I think it's very noble. And, and I love the passion of wanting to fight. But you've got to be realistic. You've got to look at the numbers. You've got to look at the way donors react to a 30 point loss in Iowa and, uh, and be pragmatic about it. Again, be realistic about it. Uh, but I would I would tell them, hey, look, start, and I tweeted this. I said, look, uh, and I'll paraphrase what I put out there. But I said, Trump's a nominee now. And uh, my criticisms of him are going to stop. Right. I've said what I said. I wanted the more conservative guy. Americans spoke. They wanted Trump. Let's direct 110 percent of our fire at the left because they're going to take us off a cliff. And so I think, you know, in the primary, we shoot at each other. Now that it's essentially over, let's start shooting at the left. That's where the fire needs to be directed. That's what I would tell everyone. Now, I have the problem of having to explain to my fellow libertarians how we need to come together with people like you and Trumpers 
and and populists and unite a coalition that will actually defeat Joe Biden in the fall, that's going to be a hell of a challenge for me because you know libertarians don't like to make compromises. But you know, yeah, they, yeah. They, you know, they say there are no. But but like Thomas Sowell said, there are no solutions, only trade offs, right? In terms of a lesser of two evils, we don't get everything that we want with Donald Trump. There are a lot of things I don't like, but I don't feel like I have to compromise my principles. I'm not suddenly going to be supporting tariffs or in favor of you know uh, massive government spending or Operation Warp Speed or a lot of the things that I disagree with Trump on this fall. But I think it is an acknowledgement of reality that to go back to the pre-Biden years, to have the strongest economy in the world, and to have other countries around the world afraid of the United States because of Donald Trump, and to have the left shitting their pants every day, is definitely a marked improvement over what we have now. Would I be correct in saying that? Yeah, I mean, obviously, of course, 100%. When I supported Trump for six and a half years, one of the reasons I stop is because he became a little too soft for me. So, yeah, I mean, Biden to me is, is you know, uh, he's Satan on earth, right? I mean, this is a guy who is, is everything that's bad for America is part of Biden's platform. So yeah, absolutely, 100%. And then, you know, perfect is the enemy of the good, right? You're never going to get perfect in life with anything, Austin. And, and so I hope libertarians don't do what they typically do and like write in Gary Johnson or something like that, you know, like... <laughs> No, they write in Ron Paul if they write in anybody. Ron, here, right, that's right, Ron Paul. They're going to keep writing in Ron Paul. And Bobby Jindal, somebody will write in. <laughs> Bobby so. Jindal, no. No, no, no. Um, do, do Nikki Haley, if when when Nikki Haley drops out, because she's not going to win, um, when she drops out, do you think that her supporters go to the Democratic Party? Yeah, I think a lot of them will. I think the, I think uh, RFK will pick up a chunk of her. Well, he might be a little bit too based for her supporters. But I, I think you'll see them sitting out. Uh, or the Dems will pick up more of them than Republicans. You know, look, she's still got uh, uh, quite a bit of those solid establishment vote down ballot. If there's an R behind your name, they vote for you supporters. But I think there are enough of her supporters that would go Dem because they're the cocktail party, D.C., New York, L.A. cocktail party set. Now, electorally, will that matter? Right. Because they they'll probably be in blue states anyway that would have gone blue. So will we see that's the other thing. Quick digression. When when Trump supporters get super excited about Trump, you know, cultivating the black vote. Great. We should be doing that. But how much of that black vote he's picking up is in blue states that are going to go blue anyway. Right. And so will that be reflective in general election polls and, and general election results? I don't think so. John, you're a good man. I got a lot of respect for you, and and I learn a lot from you. Well, likewise, you know. I, and when I read your tweets online, I you know I, I you know it definitely makes me think, and uh, and I appreciate that you're a voice out there, and you stood you stood by your man, and I like Ron DeSantis, and I think that he's a good man. I think he's a great governor of Florida. I just think that the campaign itself was just run very ineffectively, inefficiently. It made all the wrong enemies, and at the end of the day, Ron DeSantis might be a great presidential candidate four years from now, but it just wasn't his time. And, you know, whether or not Donald Trump wins or loses this falls, listen, if, if Donald Trump loses, I think DeSantis gets a big, I told you so to a certain extent. But at the end of the day, you know, we all need to come together and build a an alliance to stop Joe Biden, because that is the sincere threat to our life, liberty and property at this moment. Um, is, there anything, is, there anything else that you, is there anything else that you want to say, John, before I let you go today? No, just that. Direct your fire at the left. Uh, all, all your viewers, all your listeners, just direct your fire at the left at this point. It is critical to save the country.
All right, John, we'll definitely be cutting this interview and posting it a little bit later. I think a lot of people need to hear what you have to say. Thanks for your time today. Thanks for being so generous with it. And we are grateful to have you here this morning. Have a wonderful day and uh, stay warm and safe down there in sunny Florida. I was slipping and sliding all over the damn place here in Missouri. See you later, brother. You got to come visit. Yeah, Take care. I thanks. I'll come see you soon. Thanks. We appreciate that. What do you guys think of John Cardillo? Give it up. Very mature responses, very mature attitude. That's why I like John Cardillo so much. And I think that he definitely has a place with us in the Republican coalition to fight against the left. I'm calling on all libertarians who want to fight this year to build a libertarian, conservative, populist, right-wing MAGA movement to fight against the left. We need to copy what Javier Malay did in Argentina, and we need to fight shit leftists and beat them back. Then we can argue during the victory parade. What do you say about things like tariffs and taxes and all that kind of stuff? Love to hear your thoughts. Send me a text at 573-319-1586. Again, you can send us a text at 573-319-1586. Ashley texted in this morning. Good morning, Ashley. She says, it's me and the kids watching this morning while hiding from the terrible freeze. Sorry for the bad words, Ashley. Billy wanted me to make sure you know he got out of school. Wow because it's a high of five today, warmest in three days. Katie's playing with her toys. She turns six months and has been watching since five days old. Give it up. It'd be six months to Katie. That's wonderful. Well, Billy, we're glad to have you here. And we we're so grateful for Ashley and her family tuning into the Wake Up America show at wakeupamericashow.com. We just got a big, huge stink stonking order over at apforlibertyshop.com. Thank you. You guys know we've got a bunch of great stuff over at APforLibertyShop.com, don't you? Well, yeah, our first order of the day, and it was a big one. We appreciate you. Thank you. Check out our delicious coffee over at APforLibertyShop.com. It's a great way to start the day. Everybody who tries it loves it. We have not had one single customer say, I don't like this, or say that they don't want to get more. For those of you who have never tried our AP for Liberty Shop coffee, I have a guarantee that if you don't like it and you don't want it after your first cup, send it back to me. I will buy it back. It's a no, it's a win-win proposition. You either get delicious coffee that you love or you get your money back. So it's really absolutely no risk to you to try a box of Founding Flavors coffee. We've got Washington's Revolutionary Roast, Adams's Patriotic Perk, Thomas's Painkiller, Jeffersonian Java, Betsy's Liberty Lullaby, all these delicious coffees available exclusively at apforlibertyshop.com. That's AP, the number four, apforlibertyshop.com, as well as lots of patriotic merchandise for you guys. Again, check it out at AP, the number four. If you guys are cold, by the way, you guys might want to get yourself a nice little warm hoodie. Um, speaking of Ashley and her family, the little kids, we've got a tiny Patriots collection that we're talking about this week. Oh, baby, we have got a bunch of great new items. Did you guys see this new? Um, baby bib that um that uh my wife stephanie made she made this really cute little baby bib uh and a infant bodysuit hold on i'll pull it up on the screen what do you guys think of this stephanie made this this week world's cutest tax deduction <laughs> world's cutest tax deduction it looks like we've got it in little infant onesies there as well as uh bibs Comes in a variety of colors, light blue, pink, white, key lime, lavender, all kinds of beautiful colors, uh, only exclusively at ap4libertyshop.com. Not only do we have awesome tiny Patriot collections, we've got custom Patriotic Metal signs, 
uh, and shirts and the Fed mugs in gold and silver. Uh, it's just an awesome patriotic merch shop. Me and my wife, Stephanie, work so hard to bring some of the best patriotic products that there are on the marketplace. Uh, and uh, the, a lot of these items are exclusive because we designed them ourselves. Got to give it up for my beautiful, smoking hot, redheaded libertarian wife. Stephanie Peterson, of course, joins us every Friday on the show, Monday through Friday from 7 to 9 a.m. Central Time. The Wake Up America show streams live, and it's a great way to start your day. So if you're just tuning in now for the first time, uh, make sure you click that like button and subscribe. Oh, look at all these cute. Oh, Commander in cute George Washington jersey bodysuit. Coolidge is my homeboy. Cotton infant. I survived Roe versus Wade. That's a good one. I like the don't tread on me Lego baby uh, jersey bib. We've also got that in a hoodie. Uh, it's got a little Lego piece. Don't tread on me. Those absolutely hurt. No, don't God. tread on the Lego piece. No, God, please, no. World's no. cutest tax deduction. This no. is also a new one that Stephanie no. made. You guys got to You've got to check this out. Come and take it with the pacifier. <laughs> Come on, it's cute. You can get those for somebody who might be expecting uh, at ap4libertyshop.com. If you've got a little one in your life or if you know somebody who uh, is going to be having a baby or just had a baby, go to ap4libertyshop.com. That's AP, the number four, ap4libertyshop.com. Look, you know it, and I know it. Joe doesn't know he's alive. Because Biden doesn't know he's alive. Biden doesn't know. I mean, he doesn't know he's alive. Now, I have to tell you, he's a different guy. He looks different than he used to. He acts different than he used to. He's even slower than he used to be. So I don't know. But I call him 1% Joe. Joe Biden is a dummy. It's not him. He's a puppet. He, does. <laughs> he's a puppet. He is a puppet. <laughs> Oh, that's the next president of the United States, ladies and gentlemen. Give it up for Donald Trump. All right. Now, listen, people who still have Trump derangement syndrome here that are my friends are going to have to get vaccinated. My next guest, Camelia Peterson, she's got Trump derangement syndrome. She's infected with President Evil. We need to bring up her antibodies. Let's get Camelia Peterson for her regular appearance on the show. See if we can make her blush, blush and get her to put on a Make America Great Again hat when we get back on the Wake Up America show at wakeupamericashow.com. Good morning, rise in freedom. I'm Austin Peterson. You're watching and listening to the Wake Up America show at wakeupamericashow.com. How's everybody feeling today, huh? In a good mood? Glad to have you here. Click that like button and subscribe to the channel. We'd love to have you come back and join us every Monday through Friday from 7 to 9 a.m. Central on the Wake Up America show. We stream this live. It's a two-hour talk show. we got lots of great content, lots of great topics, and, of course, terrific guests, including our regular guests and some newbies. And don't forget our latest announcement. Tomorrow, Wednesday, we start our debate series. Yeah, that's going to be fun. There's two guests facing off over big issues of the day. Still finalizing all the details on who it will be, but looks like we've got one slated for tomorrow after Judge Napolitano. So not only do we have big brain time with the judge on Wednesdays, but we've also got new topical guest versus guest debates. It's going to be awesome. Wake Up America show just gets better and better. We've got so many exciting announcements that are happening this week. So I know you're going to want to make sure you stick around. 
every day, all two hours. That's right, 60, 90 minutes of fun. Let's have some more. Joining us now live on the show is Camelia Peterson. <laughs> Good morning. <laughs> Happy whatever today is Tuesday. <laughs> yes, CJ, you're live from the beach. How are things down there in sunny Florida? This is where I am mentally because I've just had about enough of this negative six degrees global warming warming nonsense. And it's like, you know, in the summer when it's really hot, I don't know if, if most of your viewers are familiar with shower beer uh it's nice in the summer you know like what so this morning like seriously literally this morning it was shower coffee it's like literally drinking coffee in my shower but it just is i've had enough of this stuff <laughs> well, Camille, we're glad to make it here. Think about it. If we didn't have global warming, then instead of like negative six this morning, it would have been like negative 36 this morning. We would have been like it would have been like Antarctica out there if we didn't have global warming. I'd already been moving to Argentina. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of Argentina, um, America's Javier Malay, Donald Trump wins the Iowa caucuses last night. And the comparisons between the two couldn't be more obvious. Javier Malay wants Donald Trump to win the presidency. Say all of my Argentinian libertarian friends, the people in his coalition the, the congressman from Buenos Aires, they all say Javier Malay wants Donald Trump to win. Do you want Donald Trump to win, Camelia? Uh, you know, I do not have a dog in this race. And I know you said that just because... <laughs> I know you said that just because I put in the line that my, my heart, on the chat, that my hard line is comparing <laughs> Malay and Trump. It's like, there's no comparison. Let's just... Stop. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so your Donald reaction, Trump, your reaction well, last night. You know, unsurprising, right? Uh, it just is, I think we all knew it was coming. I know a lot of people are upset about the press uh, and calling it for Trump when they did. And I agree that that's, you know, not a good thing. But I also think shouldn't everyone know by now, especially Republican voters, that you don't listen to the press. I don't care if it's Fox News. I don't care who it is. Like, you don't listen to the press, especially on election nights. You go in, you vote, you do what you're going to do, and you ignore everybody else. I mean, just so there's no point in whining about it, in my opinion. It's not going to change what they're doing. What did you think about um, uh, John Cardillo, who was just on the show, and he was saying that if he could whisper in Ron DeSantis's ear today, he would tell him it's time to fold. Interesting. I'm a little conflicted about that, to be honest, because I do think <clears throat> I think that there is a huge downside to everybody just throwing in the towel because it looks like they can't win. Because by doing that, you are basically um, you're handing it to uh, inevitability. And I think that I think that's a negative thing, because when we talk about a two party system and the realities of that, but also I think that the, you when, but you also think about the value of third parties and there is enormous value in having third parties because you have to have some outside forces to keep some pressure on those two major parties because they play a role in doing that. Because, I mean, you know, look at the Libertarian Party. They don't win anything, but they get blamed for everything. And I think that they do play a role in that they keep the the water stirred up. They keep, you know, the, the Republican Party a little bit nervous sometimes and on their toes. And I think that that's a very good thing. 
Nikki Haley. If mm, if Ron DeSantis drops out, all his supporters go to Donald Trump. At that point, it's pretty much over for her as well. Sure, I think it's arguable that it's over anyway. But um, but yeah, I mean, I think I would say that that is the that is accurate. Yeah, it's it's a shame that the uh, people in the Republican Party who spend a lot of money on these campaigns just wasted so much time and energy trying to get people to support a candidate who was opposed to uh, their basic ideals because of Trump derangement syndrome. It's infected so many people in the Republican Party. And I, and I wish more people could understand that Donald Trump is not the demon that the left thinks he is. And he's not the, you know, hero of liberty that's that other people on the right think he is either. I mean, it's like people have constructed in their minds this idea of what Trump is. He really is. He really is far less. Here's the thing. There are so many times when the left is describing Donald Trump that I think to myself, you know, I wish he was as awesome <laughs> as, right? you, as, you, as the way that you describe <laughs> That'd be nice. him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In many ways. It's like it's. But here's the thing. People have blinders on when it comes to him. He is some kind of special exception, exception that, that he triggers people so much. I think it's partially because he actually has a sense of humor and he's willing to like do what Javier Malay does, which is to call out the left and the reporters to their faces. I mean, think about this. If Donald Trump had Javier Malay's policies, they would essentially be the same, right? (laughs) But they do have some policies that are similar. And the things, for example, that you say you haven't liked about Donald Trump, Javier Malay has in spades. In in terms of his behavior, not being nice, call, you know, using calling people the left retards, shit leftists, leftards. Sorry for the bad language. I know Billy's listening in right now. I should be hitting my button, but I'm not. Um, so in a sense, I mean, are you willing to sort of put some of those things on the back burner and say, you know, maybe I'm not going to change my principles, but I'm going to change my tactics, Camelia? I was thinking about this earlier because we all have our dark side and our light side and it's important to embrace both and you full well know that i do appreciate you know a dark uh, snarky sense of humor (laughs) so but i do think for the good of our country and our society that we need that statesmanship aspect as well now that's the biggest difference between Millet and Trump is, yes, they've kind of got that firebrand, you know, flame-throwing personality, but Millet at least has principles to back it up and he knows what he's talking about. Donald Trump's like depth of knowledge on those kinds of things is very shallow. Um, and it, it is things, it's very self-serving. And I think that that is probably one of the biggest differences between the two men is that Malay is clearly not self-serving in any way. Uh, I think he's demonstrated that over and over again. Donald Trump very much is self-serving as when it, as far as when it comes to his demonstrable motivations. Um, but, you know, there was some talk in the chat earlier about, um, and the clip you played about authoritarianism, And I think that we need to be able to acknowledge that that is a problem on the right. We can't just say, oh, that's not. And Donald Trump has no authoritarian tendencies because he absolutely does. And there absolutely is a faction on the right that is embracing that authoritarian approach to government. And we need to be guarding against that. That's probably the biggest argument there is to be made for working. If that's true, how does someone like where does someone like Vivek Ramaswamy fit in? Because he was the closest there was right. to a MAGA candidate in this race that was not 
Donald Trump. And when he dropped out, he endorsed Donald Trump. Now you can say it was politics and politicking. Sure. He's trying to do his own career or whatever, something like that. But I think in terms of ideology, in, in terms of like, of t togetherness, closeness, Vivek was the closest there was to Trump. And Vivek is one of us. Yes. And I think that he is very pragmatic in his approach, which I appreciate. And so I think that explains, you know, why I was a little surprised that he did it so quickly, but also not surprised because he is so pragmatic. Um, and so, and I'm sure that he had thought this through ahead of time and he probably had a calculation in his head that if he hit a certain number that that was, you know, he was going to go one way or the other with it. So it doesn't really surprise me. And I think that he is doing what he feels like he needs to do to continue to have a voice. Um, and when we talk about whether or not people should drop out and what they should choose to do, so many people say, well, what's the point? It's inevitable he's going to win, um, you know, but there is value. Um, and also with with Vivek, you know, they were talking about, oh, he's a plant, he's WEF, this and that and the other. And it just is the thing is there is there's value in the messaging. There is value in it's the value is not just in whether or not you win. If we place the value only on whether or not you are going to win, I think we do ourselves a huge disservice. I completely agree. Let's give it up for Camelia Peterson. She's very pragmatic as well. Now you must do me a favor. I'm an authoritarian and I will tell you this. You must click like and subscribe to the channel. <laughs> Or I will sentence you to the gulag. Like and subscribe to the channel. It's my authoritarian way. Um, we're speaking to Camelia Peterson right now. We've been talking a little bit about the Iowa caucus. Any other key takeaways from last night that you want to throw in here before I move on to the next topic? I think one of the things that this impresses on me the most is the notion that we need to be taking care of our states at the local level because all of this hoopla goes into presidential campaigns and it should not be that big a deal. Um, I, so I think it's even more important that we get our ducks in a row at the state level. And, and it just is that they, the states, it's so hard to change things at the federal level. Look at how things are going right now. You know, So do you want good people there? Yes, of course. Um, but in the end, when it comes down to it, these are these United States of America. We're like roommates in a house, right? So states need to be independent and you need to you need to be focused. If you're if you're upset about election integrity, like just make sure your own state is fine, because that's all you have control over. And, you know, stop worrying about everybody else. There you go, Camelia. Love that. <laughs> All right. Now, the next one that we're talking about, the next topic that we have here, the Federal Aviation Administration, the FAA, uh, is now changing their guidelines, right? They have a big diversity push, which we all are, I'm sure, very excited about, uh, which includes a focus on hiring people with, quote, severe intellectual and psychiatric disabilities. Now, before we go off on this, and we are going to go off on this, Camelia, somebody contacted me when I posted this story and was like, listen, I have a family member who has intellectual disabilities and things like that, and it's very difficult for them to find a job, and it'd be great to put them in a position where blah, 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 blah. Great. Fine. Absolutely. Listen, my dad is a volunteer for the Casco workshop, which in Missouri, we have a bunch of these workshops, yeah. which the left tries to shut down, by the way, um, yeah. which, which gives people with intellectual disabilities um, jobs. So, and they, I remember going and visiting cause my dad sits on the council. So we would go for parties. And I remember looking at all of the, the work lines for people who 
and how happy they were to be able to feel like a sense of accomplishment to do things like putting together pizza boxes for Pizza Hut, right? And like doing things, you know, assembling boxes, cardboard boxes, like like important work that needs to be done to help to serve sure. the community. But the aviation industry, um, people with severe intellectual or psychiatric disabilities need to stay away from our airplanes. Camelia, your take. In our efforts to be inclusive, um, we, we actually, this is not helping those people is the truth. Uh, things like sheltered workshops are the things that help those people and the agencies. I used to do this. This was my job. You know, I worked with people like this. And so, and in case management and you, you know, you obviously you want to help them to live their lives to the fullest potential possible. And their fullest potential is not going to be what yours is or mine is, but as much meaningful work, any human needs meaningful work in their lives. And so, you know, things like sheltered workshops or um, other agencies who place people in appropriate positions, those are, are much needed. But if you put someone like that, with someone somewhere where you are setting them up to fail, and not only just setting them up to fail, but also you know putting other people at risk in doing so because you're setting unrealistic expectations, it's bad all around. It's like a terrible idea. Yeah, the FAA's website shows the agency's guidelines uh, were changed in March of 2022. And uh, the idea here is that they are going to add people who have not just intellectual disabilities, severe intellectual disabilities, that's one thing, but psychiatric disabilities. So, I mean, we're talking about people who are potentially dangerous having access to our flight's transportation network. It's, it was curious to me that they actually put the word severe in there. Um, that's broad, first of all. <laughs> it's, you know, disturbing. Because uh, what do you quantify as severe? Like, a person needs to be functional in their job. But yeah, when you have doors falling off of airplanes and um, it just is, what's going to happen when you, I mean, it, it could have happened with that plane. What's going to happen when the plane goes down and, you know, a hundred people are killed because of your, your DIE. I mean, that's, I thought that we were sort of seeing, and maybe we will after this, you know, we've been seeing this, you know, gradual pushback of companies that are responding to the pushback to DIE. And this, I think is just, die. yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's going to be the outcome if we keep it up, right? People it's are literally going to die. For this topic, yes. <laughs> <laughs> we'll stop calling it DEI. We're going to call it DIE. Much better. Yes, very good. All right. One more topic that we uh, that I want to talk about before we go, Camelia, that I sent to you. Young men are accomplishing less than ever before. Experts point to male Males. The story is from work to education to relationships, young males across the U.S. are growing increasingly disconnected from society, leading some experts to express concern for the state of American manhood. Fewer men under, tw under 21 were meeting achievement milestones in 2021 than they were in 1980. Being employed full time, being financially independent, living on their own, getting married, and having a child. Now, we can get into the statistics later. You know, I don't think we really need to rattle off the numbers, but I hope our audience will just believe us for a moment. 
Um, have you ever heard of the term camellia? I'll have you respond to that, and then I'll, I'd, I'd like you to, to add on to this. Have you ever heard of the term hoflation? Uh, once or twice. Do you know what it is? <laughs> I don't remember exactly what how it was described, but uh, yes. Hoflation. So the idea is, is that men today have to work 20 times harder in order to be acceptable to mate with a woman that is 20 times worse than his grandmother was. Hoflation. So a man has to be 20 times better than his grandpa was in order to be able to achieve a date with a woman who is 20 times worse than his grandmother. You, you get the concept? Sure. Could that possibly be the cause? Pay, pay more, get less. <laughs> yeah, pay more, get less. Inflation, right? <laughs> but for hoes. Yes. So, I mean, the question is, is when you talk about yes, the law of those. There's a very strained, yeah. Yes. So, but the question is, with, yes. with the law yes of with the law why. of supply and demand, how is that working out, right? Mm -hmm. How's that working out for women? Well, it's I mean, listen, I I see all the time these TikToks of these chicks who are like, I can't believe I left my husband. This is the biggest mistake I've ever made. Or they're like, I left the good guy, and I'm just here to tell you it's okay to leave the good guy. They're like. The, like you women, you're you're all self-sabotaging yourselves. I know this is about men and not a, like meeting the goals, but here's the thing. You know why everything in this world gets built by men? Why do we do it? For women. For you. Yeah, <laughs> we do it for you. You know, the, the building that I'm sitting standing in right now, built by men. The communications networks that we're talking on right now, built by men. The house that yeah. you're in, built by men. The, the floors, in, the, the shoes on your feet, the clothes on your back, like the glasses on your face, probably shaped and carved by men, right? Why do we do all this? We do it for women. Like, is it possible that the lack of motivation comes from the lack of motivation? Oh, I think that's definitely part of it. I don't know that explains everything that this article talks about. I think that there's, we're also looking at adaptation to the digital age and men don't have as many physical activity outlets as they used to. I think that that's also had a big impact on male behavior. Combination of things, of course. But yes, this whole um, change in dynamics and relationships has had a huge impact on you know the male role in society right now. I think I sent you I sent you an enormously long podcast the other day, <laughs> way too long to listen to, but it was very interesting. And she went into you know the history of you know why we've seen this change in the rise in feminism, the impact that it's had on men, um, and the history of that. And they're not and they are not necessarily things that we have any control over. You're talking about some of these are outcomes of the industrial revolution just kind of the advancement of society and it's coming down to how are we going to adapt and change uh, to those societal advancements i think we're i think we're still in the middle of that but it feels like maybe we're starting to try to find our way to some balance just because we have been seeing pushback with the masculinity movement yeah no it's going to be interesting to see how the war of the sexes plays out in the next five to ten years because if it's true that men are not accomplishing these, uh, and we have a male melees, and men are not being financially independent, living on their own, getting married or having child or being employed full time, then this country is absolutely going to suffer men and women. 
uh, it's not working out for anybody. But see, it's kind of like, um, do you remember when I was debating with that uh, conservative uh, influencer, that Asian kid, Vince Dow? And I asked yeah. him a question. I asked him that question because you know he thinks gays should be you know you know castigated and placed in the margins of society. I asked him right. the simple question. You know how are we going to remarginalize the homosexuals, right? Uh, it, and it, you know a, a funny question, but a, a serious question. And I guess the, the the a serious question that it would be a funny question is how are we going to put women back into their proper gender roles? I don't know that there is a neat answer to that because I mean you have the whole trad con return to tradition. Yeah, but how? Are, <laughs> you know? Yes, but and, it, and that's failing miserably because those people are yeah. you know, with a stick up their ass are completely you know are totally boring and are never going to capture the the, the youth. It, it's become a LARP. But here's the problem: if if women have been liber liberated from their gender roles, you don't, and and men have only been liberated from their gender roles if they can if they wear a dress. I don't think you right. women want to see what it looks like to have men completely liberated from our gender roles, because it would be a far more dangerous world out there without the protection of men that overhangs most women. And there are going to be, you know, Captain save hose and white knights that are going to go out there and simp, or like the beta orbiter simps that women will be able to totally control. But more and more men going their own way, not becoming financially dependent, not being employed full time, right? Living, you know, not being able to live on their own, not getting married, not having a child. I mean, this is extremely dangerous for women, but I guess Camellia is the only way for them to learn to like to give women exactly what they say that they want, just like transgenders in sports, for example. To a certain extent, yes, I do think we are seeing even among women, you know, pushback against this that is encouraging women are going to need to um accept the consequences of their actions and to take responsibility. I think that both genders are going to have to do that because men can say, oh, well, I'm going to stop being, you know, what I say is uh, the ideal man's role, but I'm just going to do that be to punish the women or am I going to be a man because it's the right thing to do uh, regardless of what women are doing? You know, see what I'm if, saying? Like, the If women... And accountability were a Venn diagram, <laughs> the circles would be on complete opposite ends of the universe. Um, women and accountability, they don't, they don't overlap. Well, there, there are some women who do. There are exceptions to the rule, and there are some of us out here who are working to create more exceptions to the rule, and we need men to keep being men as they should be, and to keep mentoring uh, boys to be those men. That's so important. Like, we can't just throw our hands up in the air and say, hey, if this is how you want it, this is how it's going to be, because then nothing ever changes. Yeah. You know, women, you know, women need to do the same thing, but I, but men, I, I'm going to be sexist here, but I think that men need to lead in that lead by example. And women need to be silent and follow, right? <laughs> right well, you know, right, uh, here's the thing. Right? If we're but, leading, somebody's leading, then what is the other person doing? Sure. I have, I have no problem with following, but I do think that there is. Yes. <laughs> There's yes. a partnership here. And, you know, there was this tweet the, uh, yesterday that was going around and uh, this uh, trad cast guy, traditional Catholic. Anyway, it's a whole thing. And he was like, you know, the women, the truth is that men just want their women dumb, dumb and pretty was the gist of the tweet. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, 
Not okay, true, well, actually. guys, if that's what you like, uh, good luck it's, with that. It's I not true, know. actually. That's not true at all. No, we do want our I, women pretty, but I, I, you know, I can't tell you that how many times St I'll, uh, like Stephanie will say something, I'll turn around and I'll be like shocked at be, that she's so smart because I've dated some dumb women. Um, you know, they had to be to date me, but if. But but every once in a while, Steffi will say something. I'll just turn on my shoulder and be like, you are a smart cookie. But she's a libertarian. Of course she's going to be smarter than the average bear. Uh, Camelia, it looks like I made you blush. I think that that means that I win the game, as usual. Is there anything else that you want to share before we let you go? Uh, no, I'm just happy Iowa's over. And I don't think it's as important as everybody thought it would be. And, you know, my condolences to to everybody whose candidate did not win last night. And just, you know, Aww. I get messages about how people are disappointed with somebody that we know mutually because they look like they're supporting a candidate. And it's just, it's not that big yeah. of a deal. Yeah, like, don't take it personal. Lighten up. Yeah, yeah it's exactly. okay. Everybody lighten up. Thank you. Can we get a lighten up in the chat? <laughs> <laughs> so like it up in the chat. Yeah, Thanks, Camilla. like it up too. <laughs> yeah, right. uh, pretty exciting uh, about the debates, right? Starting tomorrow, we're going to have debates on the show. We're looking forward to that. Yeah, that is so cool. I, I think that's going to be awesome. And on Big Brain Day too, holy cow, it's going to be overload. <laughs> Huge Brain Day. The Wake Up America show gets better and better, and our regular guests help make it happen. Camelia Peterson, thanks for your time today. We appreciate you very much. We look forward to your pending endorsement of Donald Trump. Uh -huh. Have a great day, everyone. <laughs> Bye, guys. Bye, Camelia. Yeah, it's the Wake Up America show. Don't you just love it? We have so much fun here. Click like on the chat and subscribe. Subscribe, GDIT. We're having so much fun. We're having a way good time here on the show. We like to rock. We like to roll. We like to hear from you. Send us a text at 573-319-1586. That's 573-319-1586. If all 245 people who are watching us live right now were to click the like button and subscribe, this show would just explode. It would blow up and the world would become a libertarian utopia paradise. Don't you want that to happen right now? Please click that like and subscribe button. 245 people watching us live right now. I know we can do it. I want to get to the next level. I want to make America great again. No, God. no what do you mean, no, no God? God? We go, yes. I want to fight the shit leftists. Oh no, we're on the FBI watch list. Click like on the channel in order to get on the FBI watch list. I see 50 people have liked the channel. Oh yeah. It's so inspiring. It makes me feel like the commander in chief when he says... America is a nation that can be defined in a single word. I was going to put him... Uh, put, put, <laughs> All right, well, what's next for our movement? And for the people who were behind Vivek Ramaswamy, my next guest... Bad, at Bad Lib Takes on Twitter. Ashley Crawford's going to weigh in her first time on the show, so be nice. We'll be right back on the Wake Up America show at wakeupamericashow.com. Good morning, rise and freedom. I'm Austin Peterson. You're watching and listening to the Wake Up America show at wakeupamericashow.com. Those numbers just keep getting higher and higher and higher. I think I know why because I was begging you guys to click that like button a little bit earlier, and a lot of you did it. So thank you very much. Give yourselves a round of applause. For those of you who did not click like, we are no longer friends. 
I'm just kidding. Everybody's friends who watches the Wake Up America show. We stream live every Monday through Friday from 7 to 9 a.m. Central. It's the Wake Up America show. Great way to start your day, as well as pairing it with a delicious box of Founding Flavors coffee. Yes, I know, lots of conservative and libertarian influencers have their own coffee, so sue me. I wanted to get in on that sweet, sweet bean cash as well. But it's also the best coffee out there. If you haven't tried it yet, make sure you visit ap4libertyshop.com. That's AP, the number four, ap4libertyshop.com. My next guest, she loves Liberty too. She was a big Vivek Ramaswamy fan, and she was sad like me to see Vivek dropped out last night. But she had a very punctuated message for people who think that they own and control and can tell other people what to think and feel on the right. She's a first timer on the show, also known as Midwest Mom or at Bad Lib Takes on Twitter. Some people just call her Ashley Crawford and it's her first time here. Good morning, Ashley. Welcome to the Wake Up America show. Be here. Thank you. Glad to have you here, Ashley. So uh, your reaction to the Iowa caucus results last night, writ large in general, how did you feel about it? Um, it was unexpected, to be honest. Uh, you know, I got people asking me, you know, what did you think was going to happen? Did you really think, you know, Vivek was going to win it? And I said, no, I didn't think he was going to come in first necessarily. But I guess I did think um, I thought he might do a little better than uh, you know, what, a little less than 8%. So I was a little disappointed um, in that. I definitely did not expect him to suspend his campaign. But I what think are, what, are, what, what did you like about it? What did you like about Vivek? I'm curious. What I loved about him is the fact that he would talk about stuff nobody else would talk about. I didn't see anybody else pushing, you know, the January 6th truth that were, you know, I feel like they're, it, it feels a little bit like when everything happened in 2020, it was it was difficult to get that out of anybody that you were interviewing. Any kind of fraud that was going on, it was almost like an unspoken thing. Nobody really wanted to come out and talk about it, obviously, except Donald Trump, uh, which is only what he wanted to talk about, which I understand. But it felt like it felt like that again. It was like the January 6th thing is just not something that people want, you know, uh, other politicians want to come straight out with and, and, and platform. He not only did, but he would willingly do so. He would volunteer that information. He would bring it up. It was so rare to see something like that. Somebody who could speak about things and make everybody feel, I feel like the most important person in the room, even when they weren't in the same I feel like he is a once in a lifetime candidate. What I'm excited about is I don't think that that is going to be, sorry, be the end for Vivek. I think that he has a bright future. Um, we're almost the exact same age down to like 20 days. <laughs> um, so I feel like he's young, he's vibrant, and he'll be back. I agree. And I think that there will definitely be a place for him if Donald Trump wins the presidency possibly in his cabinet. I don't know if VP would happen because he probably is going to look for somebody that can help get him votes outside of his own base, but that remains to be seen. Uh, now, you came yeah. up on my radar, Ashley, because you were sort of flustered when Donald Trump supporters all started coming out and attacking Vivek the other day. 
Now, we did see that Trump praised him last night for his following. So a bit of a flip flop, if you will. I'm used to it because yeah. I've been in politics a long time. Maybe it's yeah. something that's a little bit fresh to you to see this, like people turning on a dime like this. Mm -hmm. I actually was. I was very surprised. Um, yeah, that kind of threw me a little bit and it made me pretty angry. <laughs> yeah, it made. I mean, it made me upset, too, but to see Trump supporters attacking him. There have been so many mistruths and untruths and just flat out lies that were directed at him. But I mean, you know, they were running against one another and Trump wanted to get the highest possible vote total. You could understand what, you know, that that. Mm -hmm. But I agree with you what you were saying, and I, I'd like to you know articulate. Some people really do feel like they can tell other people who they should vote for and de and demand that everybody else just fall in line. Which I, as a libertarian Republican, I that really bugs me. It, it sets the hair my hair on fire. I'm sure you feel the absolutely. same way. Absolutely, it it drives me absolutely up the wall. It makes me sick. Um, this subsection, and I say subsection because I don't want to say like. I hate painting everybody with the same brush, but there is a large portion of Trump supporters that really feel like you owe it to him to vote for him. And I don't want to vote for anyone because I owe them something. Um, you know, I, I don't I, I'm not a Democrat. I don't vote for people because they are, you know, what I'm supposed to vote for. I vote for people because they are the right person for the job. And I find it really interesting that people on the right who believe in meritocracy and earning, you know, what you're given and, and are always shouting from the rooftops about that. And, you know, obviously against DEI and, and everything on that side, they turn around and don't practice what they preach when they push someone on you because it's owed to me it's almost like dei for voting i don't understand it i completely agree with you i love that point of view i'm yeah. speaking i'm speaking to ashley crawford right now she goes by midwest mom out there on twitter slash x uh, or at bad lib takes over at x.com and i saw her video the other day where she was talking about thinking for yourself and uh, and she was standing up for Vivek Ramaswamy. And I said, I've got to get Ashley Crawford on my show because she seems like a cool gal. Um, so it, what do you so? So now what? Right. So Vivek Ramaswamy is out. Yeah. He's endorsed Donald Trump. Um, would you support Ron DeSantis or Nikki Haley or will you follow in? Oh, God, footsteps? No. <laughs> OK, so where do no. we go from here? Your thoughts? I feel like and I've been saying this from I mean, you know, for the last couple of months, everything I've posted has been, you know, I, I don't feel like there's um, uh, something that everybody must do. I only feel as far as supporting one person over another, I aligned mostly with Vivek, but I never felt anything negative towards anyone who aligned more with DeSantis or Trump. Um, Nikki Haley is to me not a conservative candidate. Um, I happened to meet her a few months ago at the Iowa State Fair, and I'll be honest, probably the loveliest politician I've ever met in person. Like, couldn't have been kinder to my children. Uh, like, they see her commercials and they say, Miss Nikki, like, they loved her. And it makes me laugh because I'm like in the back of my head, like, yeah, she's really nice. But, um, you know, I would never vote for her. She's somebody who supports things that I, I don't align with whatsoever. Uh, most specifically, I would say war. 
Um, but I've never really talked down about any of the other candidates as far as policy goes. I understand why people support all three of the other ones. Um, I always support Trump. Yeah, I do. I'm absolutely, I feel like he's the person that we kind of have to rally around because he is, he is the only, to me, if he's the candidate, he's the person that has to defeat Joe Biden or whoever, you know, at this point is the candidate that they run. Um, I'm anti-communist. I have to be against whoever the Democrats are running because this country needs it. Uh, I am what I've said is um, America first, not candidate first. Um, it's not about the person at this point to me. It's about policy. And um, I'm all about results. And if, you know, I, I wasn't unhappy with, you know, there are things I didn't like about Donald Trump's presidency, but there was also things um, that were really good under Donald Trump. And I feel like you kind of know what you're getting, um, a little bit of a proven track record for better or worse. Uh, it is the, the truth. So I feel like if if he's the nominee, we I do feel like we kind of have to rally around him and um, support the person who will be against Joe Biden. Do you have any affinity for libertarian ideas at all, Ashley? Because the reason why I was so uh, attracted to what Vivek Ramaswamy was saying is because he was so solid on those economic issues, which are really near and dear to me, like actual limited government, personal liberty, individualism, things like that. Um, what are your thoughts on the, um, the ideas that Vivek was proposing, which I would argue would be a form of right-wing libertarianism? Yeah, uh, it makes me so sad because I really align myself with it. And I'm, mm -hmm. it's really hard this morning waking up thinking, so he's just not in it anymore. Yeah. Um, for the time being, obviously. But uh, yeah, I mean, more than anyone, I've I've never, ever, ever had a candidate that I've aligned myself more with than Vivek. I couldn't find one thing that I really differed from him policy wise on anything. Uh, so I'm very sad about that. And it, it is hard for me to know what kind of opportunity people had with him uh, that we all had with him as a candidate. Um, and that others couldn't see that, I, I it's hard for me. I struggle. Yeah. No, I get that. And I think our listener, a lot of our listeners feel the same way. I mean, I see a lot of my libertarian friends this morning are, are already like, no, 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 I'm not going to support Trump. He's a dictator. He's going to be this. He's going to be that. And, you know, I, I've been I've been taking a lot of inspiration from some friends that I've made in Argentina with the election mm. of their new president, Javier Malay. I'm not sure if you if you managed to see him. And oh, he, absolutely. I mean, and he really is the embodiment of libertarian ideals. <laughs> and, and so I'm very excited about him. But he built a coalition uh, together of people who don't necessarily agree with him on everything. There are a lot of conservatives who don't agree with libertarians like myself on important mm -hmm. issues, social issues. Uh, they don't agree with us on tariffs. You know, Donald Trump's big on tariffs. I'm not big on tariffs. Right. And, and I'm for economic uh, free trade between nations. And I know a lot of uh, conservatives are not. But mm -hmm. we can't always get everything that we want. And you you know, you're a mom, right? Yeah. Compr compromise, yeah. compromise is baked into life, isn't it, Ashley? A hundred percent agree with you. Yeah. I feel like at, I mean, at the very least, are we not taking cues from Vivek? What does he have to gain by saying Trump's the guy now? He's 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 for the best thing for this country. I mean, I think he's proved it all along the way.
I mean, I posted that last night, like everybody who thought he had bad intentions and, you know, they were attacking him two days ago. He turns around and he's like, you know what? It's not, there's no point in this. He's very decisive. And I do appreciate that in saying like, if Trump's the guy, Trump's the guy, let's get behind him. And I feel like if you supported Vivek and you're looking at that, how can you really argue with that at this point? I realize that there are things that we would change. Um, but if you love this country first and foremost, to me, that's what you're doing. You're rallying around the person who is now the guy. If that's what the voters have decided, um, you know, historically we've been for democracy and for the free choice of the people. So if that's what it is, um, I feel like that's kind of where we need to go with it. Completely agree. You love to see it. Ashley Crawford is joining us now. I'd love to hear your thoughts on this interview. You can send us a text at 573-319-1586. My dad is texting me, but he's doing it to my personal line, which I'm not giving out. <laughs> and he says, flim flam man. I think he's talking about Vivek Ramaswamy. Boo, dad, boo. <laughs> We're, we stand Vivek Ramaswamy here. We're big fans yeah. of Vivek. So um, huge, maybe yeah. he's maybe he's talking about Donald Trump, but I don't think so. Um, so let's hear, <laughs> let's hear from our audience though on my not personal cell phone line. My the 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 show line is five seven three three one nine one five eight six, where you can text in with your thoughts. Uh, Ashley, is there anything else that you'd like to share with our listeners before we let you go today? I would love if you'd um, you know like anything that I've said, or if you're you know a Vivek fan like I am. Um, or just an America fan, you could totally follow me on uh, Twitter at, or I'm sorry, X at, um, at Bad Lib Takes. I would love to see you there. There you go. At Bad Lib Takes. You'll see her as Midwest <laughs> Mom over there on X.com. Fighting for Freedom, Ashley Crawford, her first time on the show. Let's give her a big round of applause. Thank you, Ashley. Appreciate you being so <laughs> generous you so with much. your time. Glad to have you here this morning, and hopefully we'll talk to you again soon. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Thank you very much. All right, guys, give it up. One more round of applause at Bad Lib Takes. Wasn't she nice? Wasn't she lovely? Send us the text at 57. Isn't she lovely? Isn't she wonderful? Isn't she precious? Less than one minute old. I never thought Vivek could be United States presidency. I just wanted Vivek to do well. Did it, did it, did it, did it, it. How dare you? I know. Dad's texting in again. He says, you're right, Vivek Ramaswamy. I just thought that Vivek was one of the, the closest to my ideals in the Republican Party. But at this point in time, everybody knows that the race is over. DeSantis supporters I'm seeing this morning are already talking about going into South Carolina. Please. No, God! No, God, Guys. please, no! No! Stop. No! Here's the no. thing. Ron has a job to do in Florida. He has a job right now. He, is, he has a very important job. He is the governor of Florida, one of the greatest states in the union. Do your job. Do your job. I know you're, uh, politicians are all about running for the next job while they're doing their current job. How about you just do the job that you got right now, okay? Do your job. You got a job, do your job. Ron DeSantis supporters, you guys, you fought the good fight. He's a conservative guy. You know, your, your principles are still intact. You know, maintain your dignity, right? Keep your dignity alongside your principles and let's all work together to do what we know has to be done to defeat Joe Biden this fall. I am declaring war on the left. 
The fight for liberty is only going to be won if we can win the battle that is before us today. We are in a battle that is part of a larger war against the left. And in order to win the battle that we are engaged in right now, which we didn't choose this battle, we are going to have to fight with the army that we have, not with the army that we wish we had. We're going to have to fight with the soldiers that we have on the ground right now. That means libertarians. That means conservatives. That means populists. That means right-wingers. That means people that have a lot of things that they disagree with one another on are going to have to cobble together a coalition of the willing in order to invade Iraq and steal their oil. Just kidding. <laughs> it always makes me proud whenever my dad listens to the Wake Up America show. Just a little bit. You know, everybody wants to make their dad proud. You know what I mean? You know? Listeners can text the show at 573-319-1586. One of our text messengers agrees with my dad about Vivek. He says, Vivek has flip-flopped from Vivek of two years ago, but he has learned to say all the right things at the right time. So I support him spreading liberty, but I don't trust him to have power. Well, I do. Um, I think Vivek has been uh, properly converted to our sides. And besides, how are we going to win if we don't convert people to our side? I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. Again, 573 573- 319-1586 is the text line. Send us in your texts with your thoughts and let us know what you think about what's going on in the world. Representative Mike Waltz last night, he uh, went on Fox News to talk about Donald Trump's stunning victory and he had this to say. Take a listen. Well, I think particularly here, farmers love President Trump. He took care of them under his administration. Uh, he entered into trade deals that ultimately benefited uh, those farmers. And when we started putting tariffs uh, in place in order to give him more uh, negotiating power, he sent them directly to the farmers. But I think more broadly, Dana, you know, those running against President Trump are testing a premise that you can get all the policies uh, that he brought in place without the man, without the leader. And I've told group after group, that's kind of like saying you get SpaceX without Elon, or you get Apple without Steve Jobs. You don't get the America first policies that everyone loved and everybody wants to get back to without the leader of the movement. And so I think you're gonna see an overwhelming victory tonight. So, so I disagree with basically every single thing that Representative Mike Waltz had to say there. I pretty much think he's wrong about absolutely everything except for the fact he is correct that farmers absolutely loved the redistribution of wealth from the poor and the middle class in this country to the wealthy corporate farmers. You understand most of the farmers in this country, the money in farming in this country goes to major corporations, right? Whenever people talk about farmers, they're always thinking, ah, oh, the mom and pop farm. Those hardly exist. Most of the farming that's done in this country is done by big corporations. And those big corporations are getting tariffs. That tax money, it's not coming from China. Americans pay the tariffs, and those tariffs are then redistributed to rich corporations who have the money to lobby for the taxes to be placed on their fellow Americans in order to ensure that their corporate bottom lines are protected. That's not America first. That's actually America last because you're screwing over the poor and the middle class and the people who have to also who are being double taxed because not only do the American, the poor and the middle class have to pay the taxes, but they also have to buy the food, right? So we're being double taxed essentially to an extent in order to be able to buy food. And then of course the food prices get increased 
and, and everybody who is in the food chain loses except for the big corporate farms. He's also wrong about his second point where he says, you can get the MAGA, the America first policies without the man. Vivek Ramaswamy is a perfect example of why that is not true. You can be make America great again. You can be America first and not agree with these idiotic redistribution of wealth policies. You can also be Austin Peterson and build a coalition with people like Representative Mike Waltz, who you disagree with, and not abandon your principles, but change your tactics. Because if we cannot win, then our principles will be buried with us in a shallow grave. Win, and your principles will win as well. What do you think? Agree? Disagree? Like it? Hate it? I want to hear from you. Click that like button before you leave today and subscribe to the channel. I know many of you who are listening right now are saying, this is a good show and I've never seen it before and I definitely want to see it again. But you might forget that I'm Austin Peterson or that you can follow me online at AP for Liberty on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok and pretty much everywhere, right? But if you forget who I am, at least you'll have subscribed to the channel. And if you subscribe to the channel, then tomorrow you can be like, oh, there's the channel come from the guy whose name I forgot. It's okay, I understand. You're forgettable. But if you click subscribe, then you can find us tomorrow. Because we stream live every Monday through Friday from 7 to 8, 9 a.m. Central, The Wake Up America Show. Tomorrow, not only do we have big brain time with Judge Napolitano, I know you guys are excited for that, but a big announcement. Yes, sorry, buddy. We are going to have our very first live debate right here on the show. Yeah. Aren't you guys excited? Live debates on the Wake Up America show. Two remote guests facing off tomorrow, and it's going to be a great discussion. You guys don't want to miss it tomorrow at 8.30 a.m. Central Time. So click like and subscribe and come back tomorrow morning. And before you go, you know what to do. That's right. Exit through the gift shop. Exit through the gift shop. Visit AP4LibertyShop.com. That's AP, the number four, AP4LibertyShop.com. When you visit AP4LibertyShop.com, an American eagle gets its wings. That's right. Support America. Support freedom. Get yourself some delicious founding flavors coffee at AP4LibertyShop.com. Exit through the gift shop, guys, and we'll see you guys tomorrow. Exit through the grift shop or the gift shop? Did you say grift shop? <laughs> Don't say grift shop, AP. Say gift shop, <laughs> not grift shop. <laughs> I was reading CJ824's comment about grifters. So I said grift shop, not gift shop. <laughs> Love you guys. We'll see you tomorrow on the Wake Up America show at wakeupamericashow.com.